0: Excited about uh, what's going on here at the church. If you got a Bible tonight, we're going to be in Genesis 19. Genesis chapter number 19 tonight. Boy, God moves so good this morning. And I just believe he's going to do it again tonight. Genesis 19, if you... Could please stand with us in reverence God tonight, prayer over the message. This morning, as we uh, try to uh, speak briefly what's on our hearts about interceding on behalf of a wicked nation, uh, we saw that in Abraham's life. Uh, Tonight, we're going to look at it from a different standpoint. We're going to look at when good people do nothing. We saw this morning Abraham standing standing firm, pleading for a nation of sin. Not so much for the sin, but for the people. He said, would you destroy it if there was righteous people? Uh, and tonight, we're going to find when good people do nothing, bad things happen. So look with us, verse number 1. Now the two angels came to Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. If you write in your Bible, you need to put a little note beside that, setting at the gate. There's a reason Lot is sitting at the gate. Uh, that is a sign uh, that he, is, he has authority in Sodom. So he's sitting at the gate, and when Lot sees them, when he saw them, he rose to meet them, and he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. I'm going to tell you, when you're in the presence of God or his holy angelic beings, you know it. Amen. There's no doubt. This is the second time. That without anything being said, they've seen uh, these angelic beings and they've bowed themselves. Abram did it at first. And now here's Lot. And Lot sees them, and he knows something's different. Let me go ahead and say this before we get too far into this thing. The world ought to know there's something different about you and I. Amen. Uh, when they come into our presence, uh, they ought to know that, boy, these are not just average people. These are the people of God. As a matter of fact, uh, what's wrong with the world today is this. They don't know uh, uh, themselves from the church house. They ought to be a difference. Lot knew it, and he bowed himself. Let's keep going. Verse 2. And he said, hear now, my lords, please. Turn into your servant's house and spend the night. Wash your feet. Then rise early and go on your way. Lot knows some things. And they said, No, but we're going to spend the night in the open square. But he insisted strongly. So they turned into him and entered his house. Then he made them a feast. He baked unleavened bread and they ate. Now before they lay down, the men of the city, uh, the men of Sodom, both old and young, all the people from every quarter surrounded the house. And they called to Lot and said to him, where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us that we may know them carnally. And so Lot went out to them through the doorway, shut the door behind him, and said, Please, my brethren, do not do so wickedly. See now, I have two daughters who have not known a man. Please let me bring them out to you that you may do to them as you wish. Only do nothing to these men. Since this is the reason they have come under the shadow of my roof. And they said, stand back. Then they said, this one came in to stay here and he keeps acting as a judge. Now we will deal worse with you than with them. So they pressed hard against the man man lot and came near to break down the door. But the men stretched out their hands, pulled Lot into the house with them, and shut the door. And they struck the men who were at the doorway of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they became weary trying to find the door. When good people do nothing, let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come here tonight And Lord God, I know that it's storming on the outside, but I'm thankful that there's a people that want to be in the house of God, no matter the weather on the outside. God, I'm eternally grateful for your spirit we have felt, Lord, this morning and once again tonight, I feel you here. So God, I ask you, Lord, that you would reach down from heaven and bless us, stir us tonight. Lord, anoint us and, God, break the bread of life in our hearts. God, help us to preach. Help our hearts to receive. Lord, we love you and we thank you so much for loving us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Tell somebody tonight we've got to do something and then be seated in the presence of God. Amen. One of my favorite quotes... is the only thing necessary for, for, for the trump of evil, triumph of evil, is for good men to do nothing. Edward Burke said that. Albert Einstein once said, the world will not be destroyed by those who do evil, but by those who watch them without doing anything. I was reminded of an Arkansas man... He was from the mountains of Arkansas and his name was Elias. And he came walking into a little store into the town one day and all the people of the town, they knew who he was and they were surprised to see him. He was washed up, his hair was combed, his beard was clean. He had on a three-piece suit and he had a Bible under his arm. The people of the town said, Elias where are you going all dressed up? He said, I'm going to New Orleans. I hear that place full of loose women, naughty shows, gambling, uh, and the liquor flows like a river down there. One of the townspeople said, so Elias, why do you have your Bible under your arm? Elias said, well, if it's as good as they say, I'll probably stay to Sunday. There are folks out there who don't seem to make much of a connection between their relationship to Christ and their value system. But as followers of Jesus tonight, we should not just recognize evil we should not just avoid evil we should actively oppose the evil that is destroying people's lives and it hurts the cause of christ notice in our text tonight i want you to notice just a few things with me and the first thing i want you to notice is lots location Lot is in Sodom here. And as we said earlier, Abraham Abraham has just had this intervention where he's, he's pleaded with the angels and he's pleaded with God not to destroy them because of the righteous that may be in there. He's interceding. But now as the angels have got there, they've gone to inspect. They've gone to see how carnal the place is. And we get into this chapter, we find Lot is sitting at the gate. His position is a place of authority. His position is a place of influence. Not just anybody gets to sit at the gate. Amen. Not just anybody gets to set in that position. Not so, not just anybody gets that type of authority. Lot has been in a place uh, uh, now I want you to know that the Bible says Lot was a righteous man. I'm not saying that Lot liked the sin he was in or around, but he allowed it. In other words, he was at a place of authority. He was at a a place of influence. And instead of influencing things for good, he was just allowing anything to happen. My friend, uh, can I say today, uh, there's people in our communities that uh, are influenced by us. There's people in our families uh, that need to be influenced by us. uh, And they don't need to be influenced by the things that they see that's bad. Uh, They need to be influenced by the things inside of us that's good. I'm talking about Jesus Christ. Lot was at a place of influence. He was at a place of authority. But when good men and good people do nothing, evil runs the show. And even though Lot's at this place, we still find evil everywhere. But notice this, look at his plea in verse number 3. We saw his position, but look at his plea. He insisted strongly. Now, at first he asked, Won't you guys come to my house? <laughs> Hang out at my house. But then they said, No, I don't think we're going to do that. We're going to stay in this open square here. He insisted strongly. In other words, he begins to beg. When you insist strongly, you are begging. What are you talking about, preacher? Lot knew. Lot knew. Do you understand what I'm saying tonight? Lot knew how the people of Sodom was. He knew the beauty that was on these, these angelic beings, these, these angels of the Lord. He saw the beauty in them, but he knew how the people of Sodom was. He knew the filth that was going to take place, and he knew what would happen if these men were opened in the square, and he existed strongly. please come stay at my house. Yeah. He's begging them. Why is He begging them? Because He knows yeah. when good men do nothing, evil triumphs. Yeah. He's at a position of authority, but yet He's not done anything. But when He sees these people, He begins to plea with them, please, look at His reason for His plea. Verses number 4 through 6. Now before the, they lay down the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both old and young, all the people from every quarter surrounded the house. They called to Lot and said, where are they? Where are the men that came to you tonight? Is it not funny how uh, fast news travels? Bring them out here that we may know them. I want you to know they're not trying to, you know, get their phone number. They got other things on their mind. These are are men that are asking for the other men. To come out. What is Lot's reason? Why is he pleading? Because he knows the perversion. He knows the sin. He knows the territory. He knows what's going on in Sodom. But a man that's in authority, a man that's sitting at the gate, a man of influence, uh, instead of standing for the things of God, he's now pleading to hide. Can I say tonight, the church needs to quit hiding? We we need to stop hiding. hiding and begin to oppose the things that are wicked in this world we stuck our head in the sand long enough he's pleading. his reason is because he knows what these other men want to do now i want you to look at his living his living conditions look at verse number eight he says i've got two daughters Never a man has known them. How about I just give them to you? This is probably some of the saddest scripture throughout the Bible to me. He says, you do what you want to to them. You do what you want to to them. Look at his living conditions. He has a family. He's a man of authority. He's a man of influence. He's a man that knows the wickedness of Sodom. He's a man that is now, we we notice that he's a family man. And what he wants to do is he wants to throw his daughters out there and say, you do whatever you want to my daughters, but leave these, these men alone. When good people do nothing, evil triumphs. You see, tonight, one of the clearest signs of maturity in a follower of Jesus is an active intolerance for evil. And by that, I mean that we do not stand by silently. We don't just feel bad about what's going on. We don't just stand there and listen while evil is being spoken We do not just stand there and watch as wrong is being done. And then in some safe place, uh, we begin to complain to one another. Wasn't that a terrible thing? No, what mature believers do is we have to speak out uh, against acts uh, of evil in this world. And by that, I don't want you to think that we're some spiritual religious police running around telling everybody what they're doing wrong. We're all sinners and we're all saved by the same grace. We all fall short. But what I am talking about tonight is this, uh, those things that are deeply destructive to the spiritual welfare of everybody else. So today, tonight I want to give you a couple of illustrations on how this works. Then I want to point you to the clearest example of truth being lived out. And here's why it's so important that we understand this tonight. Allowing destructive, inappropriate behavior and attitude to go on within a body of believers makes a church spiritually sick. Not only that, it destroys that church's witness in the community. Not only that, when we sit by silently... While we know evil is everywhere and we do nothing about it. When we sit at the gate, let me go and say this. God has placed you in a position at the gate. When he saved you and filled you with the Holy Spirit, he gave you authority. And when he gave you authority, he gave you authority to oppose evil. And when you and I, as born-again believers, you listen to this preacher, when we stand around while evil is all around and we keep our lips shut and we don't do nothing about it. when good men do nothing, evil triumphs. Evil keeps spreading. It's worse than any cancer. It's worse than any disease. When good men sit around and do nothing, Lot sat around and he's done nothing. He's sat in a wicked place and he's done nothing. He's seen all the nastiness going on and he's done nothing. And now his family's influenced by it. Uh, and now everything's going down the drain, if you will. When we sit around and do nothing, it'll destroy a church's witness in the community. It'll destroy families when good people don't speak the truth. Amen. It'll destroy families. Somebody got mad at me. They said, Preacher, you preach you, 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 you preach against alcohol too much. I said, I told them this. I said, I never said a beer would send you to hell. I never said that. But I do know this. I've seen it split up too many families. <sighs> I, I've seen one beer turn a man into an alcoholic. I've seen a lot of stuff with alcohol. You say, preacher, why do you preach against it so much? Because I've seen the damage that it's done. Why do you preach against drugs so much? I've seen the damage that it's done. I've seen it. Why do you preach it against pornography, preacher? Because I've seen the damage that it's done. It's done damage. And somebody's got to stand up. And somebody's got to tell and warn people, Hey, it's going to destroy you. I had a man tell me one time, he said, Preacher, I can handle it. I said, you may be able to. You may be able to handle it, but what if your child can't? Yeah, what if your child sees you pop the top every night? And what if your child can't handle it? What if little Susie can't handle it? What if little Johnny can't handle it? What if they can't be social about it? What if they can't? Preacher, are you condoning it? Nope. I stand firm against it. I think it's bait. I think it's bait from Satan. And I think he's luring people with it everywhere. But when the church stands quiet, evil triumphs. So if we want our church to be strong, we want it to be healthy. If we want to reach a community if we want to see more and more people come to know jesus christ we've got to have the maturity to refuse to give in to evil not only in our houses not only in our church but not on, but but in our communities as well we've got to stand against evil preacher i thought we'd done that oh we called why because we got it on our church sign preaching tonight i know that was going to hurt right there because we put it on our church sign in first corinthians you don't have to turn there first corinthians chapter 5 Paul called out believers in Corinth because they were allowing something to go on in the church that was immoral. It was embarrassing and it was doing damage to the witness and the influence of the world. What had happened was this, a man in the church was taking his father's wife, his stepmother, as his new living girlfriend what paul says is actually reported that that this is happening he's saying he says he said this is common knowledge in other words he's saying people in the on the outside of the church know what's going on on the inside of the church uh, Instead of the church being embarrassed, instead of the church saying this ain't right, they were proud. They were proud of how tolerant they were about this situation. But there is nothing to be proud about when we overlook those things that are destructive to the health of our church, when we overlook those things that are destructive to other Christian witnesses, when we overlook those things that are killing our community, when we overlook those things that are dragging our teenagers into the world. When we overlook those things uh, that are causing more and more and more people to rot and die and go to hell. When we overlook those things, there's nothing to be proud about. It's no different than today than what Lot was at. Lot was at a place of authority. Lot was at a place to where he could have influenced people for good. Church, you and I were at a place where we can influence people for good. We're at a place where we can be an influence to a lost and dying world. But we've got to speak out against the evil. We've got to speak out against the things that are wrong we cannot sugarcoat it i'm not saying we've got to be ugly i'm not saying we've got to walk around and beat people over the heads with our bibles but my friend we they've got to know the truth and the truth is this i love them you love them jesus loves them but bless god they've got to come out of their sin When our world hears believers speaking bad about other believers today, my, my, what a sad commentary. When our world sees believers mistreating other believers today, what a sad commentary. When our world sees followers of Christ living a life of self-centeredness, a a life of pride, a life of mean spirit when our world sees Christians uh, shamelessly, uh, persistently living in the ways that we know is wrong. Uh, we are doing real damage to the kingdom of God uh, when we're living in such a way uh, uh, that the world sees less of Jesus and they see more of wickedness uh, uh, when the church of God is not uh, 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 telling of the evilness of the world and not uh, uh, preaching against it. We're doing it no good. When good, good men do nothing, evil triumphs. First off, tonight, and I'll be quickly, I want you to see that tolerating evil in the church is, first of all, immature and it's very cowardly. What is it that would make us keep silent? When we see something harmful or hurtful going on around us. Lot did it. Lot has done this. It's got to be one of two things. Number one. Either we are afraid that others might reject us for taking a stand. Which means we are more concerned about the opinions of others than the faithfulness of God. Or. We don't really know the difference between right and wrong. Which again means we are immature in our faith. Now suppose this. Suppose you were sitting at the dinner table with your family. And one of the people around the table started talking in a way... That was hurtful to another family member. Would you just sit there and. Wring your hands and say gee. I wish they would stop. But what can I do? What if they were telling your children. That it's okay to do things that you know are wrong. What if if they were telling your children that it's okay to do things that you know is dangerous? Would we just sit there silently and say, I wish they would stop? What if they started acting in a way that was harmful to the family as a whole? What if they started uh, cooking meth in the basement? What if they started bringing X-rated videos into the house? Would you look helplessly or just call a friend and talk about it and tell them how terrible things was or would you stand up and do whatever was necessary to protect the health and the safety and the integrity of your family wouldn't you demand that the harmful influence the evil be expelled from your home immediately well my friend I tell you today Oh, this, oh, we're living in those times right now. Let me tell you something. Uh, those cell phones there, those videos those kids watch today, it's harmful. Uh, the, there's some harmful stuff on those things. Uh, parents, you need to be monitoring what they see because there's some harmful stuff on there. There's things on there that will confuse them There's things on there that will have their minds warped. There's things on there that will have them all twisted. There's all this stuff on there that's saying right is wrong and wrong is right. They'll have them going over here and going over there doing things that you never thought they would do. You say, preacher, what happened to my child? I don't understand what happened. I'll tell you what happened. You were sitting at the gate. The church was sitting at the gate, but nobody was speaking against the evil. Nobody was speaking against it. Everybody was saying it's okay. It's all right. They're just kids. It'll be okay. It will not be okay. Listen to this preacher today. It will not be okay. When good men sit around and do nothing, evil triumphs. You wouldn't tolerate it at your house. We shouldn't tolerate it in the world we live in. Why? Because God's given me authority and God's given you authority to speak against evil. Listen here, grandmas. Listen here, grandpas. You better watch the cartoons you let them youngins watch. You better watch it. SpongeBob's got a little more than a... uh, He's got a little more twist in him than you think. You better watch it. You better watch Teletubbies and all this other. You better watch that stuff. I'm telling you. You better watch those commercials that they they focus their eyes on. Oh, preacher, you shouldn't talk against things like that. Somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to do it. I'm sick and tired. I'm sick and tired of the enemy creeping into our homes, creeping into our churches, creeping into our communities, and busting it up and breaking it up. And I've seen families split. I've seen people hurt. I've seen a lot of junk take place all because good men, the Church of God, sat around and did nothing. We complained about it. We gripped about it. We talked about it, but we did nothing about it. We can't sit around silently, church, and do nothing when evil's all around. To do anything less than speaking out the truth of Jesus in a lost and dying world is cowardly. Mature Christians have to have a backbone. Speaking out, standing up, it's not easy. It takes courage, but a mature follower of Jesus would rather speak up for what's right than allow evil to go unchallenged. Once again, I'm not saying you've got to be ugly. I've known several people that can bless you out and make you like it. You don't got to be ugly, but something's got to be said against the evil. Sort of like our bodies tonight. A church family needs a healthy immune system, just like your body needs a healthy immune system. And here's what I mean by that. The immune system of your body has a job. You know what that job is? It identifies anything in the body that doesn't belong there and it gets rid of it. In other words, when you, you cut yourself, the germs that get inside that cut, the immune, the immune system identifies those cells that don't belong. It begins to get it out. It attacks those cells before it turns into an infection. Because if your body allows these cells to stay inside your cut, guess what happens? Infection sets in. If it's not treated, eventually it can kill you as a church as a church family you listen to me as a community we've got an immune system at, and at the first sign of those attitudes at the first sign of those behaviors that will destroy our harmony that will destroy our witness for Jesus. Every one of us needs to be a part of that cell of the immune system that speaks up and speaks out and says, I love you, I love you, brother, and I love you, sister. But the attitude, that kind of speech, the action... Just not belong. Uh, something's got to change. We've got to get those sales out. Uh, listen to me. There's a community out there. They need to know hey, uh, this sales have got to get out. Uh, we've got to help the you up. Uh, we've got to get the right stuff to you because what you have is hurting you. <clears throat> a lot said at the gate because he knew what was going to happen but it was too late he had sat there for too long and did nothing listen to me how long are we going to sit here and do nothing i'm challenging you tonight church how long are we going to sit here and do nothing this county has nothing for teenagers we got a full basement that needs to be renovated how long are we going to sit around and do nothing this county has nothing for teenagers besides a park if there's anything more you, 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 you please fill me in I will say I'm wrong nothing how long are we going to sit around and do nothing Let me tell you this: If you don't provide them something to do, they'll find something to do. They'll find the same things I found to do—dirt roads and bottles. And then you know what we'll do? We'll sit around and complain about it. You know what little Susie was doing? Her and Billy, her and Billy, they was out on the dirt road. Little Susie's two months. Yeah. Oh, you know why? Because good men sat around and didn't do nothing. Mm-hmm. Preacher, you're being hard tonight. I'm being truthful tonight. I find it in the word of God that Lot sat around. We'll find out next week what happens to Lot. Lot's going to lose his family. Yeah. He's going to lose his family because of this. Next week, you'll find out that, that, that when Lot gets an opportunity to beg them to get out of Sodom because they're going to destroy it because of the sin that's in it. His family laughs at him. Why? Because he's lost his influence. Why? Because he sat around and done nothing. Number two will be done. Notice this. Following Jesus means having the courage to speak, speak out against evil. You see, as you read through the gospels, what you'll find that Jesus, he did not allow evil to go unaddressed. He didn't go around pointing out every sin that people committed either. He didn't go around and like a religious police officer and put his little blue light on and say, you're arrested, my friend. He didn't go around pointing out every sin. What he done was he reached out to those who were struggling. He ate with the tax collectors. He ate with the prostitutes. But when a situation arose that created barriers between people and God, Jesus had a zero tolerance policy. In other words, he stepped in the middle and said, I'm going to show you your problem. I'm going to show you your solution. Here is your problem. The sin that is wrapped around you. The evil that is wrapped around you. If you'll step out of that and step right over here, you'll find... Find deliverance in the name of Jesus Christ. I told you this morning. I think I think God's going to ask us to do things we've never done before, and some people's not going to like it. But somebody's got to get in the ditch. Somebody's got to get in the mire and somebody's got to pull them out. Somebody's got to be willing to do it. Some boy, and, and boy, we just the right crowd to do it. When the Pharisees insisted that their rules were more important than people's salvation, and Jesus confronted them bluntly. I got got news for the religious crowd. Jesus didn't come for them. I'm going to say that for the people in the back. They didn't hear me. The religious crowd, Jesus did not come for. He said, I come for those that are sick. (laughs) Hallelujah. I'm glad to know that I am a whosoever. Because he said, whosoever will call upon the name of Jesus shall be saved. Thank God that I'm a whosoever tonight. You see, the religious activity is not important, more important than the salvation of a soul. Even when his own disciples tried to shoo away the children, Jesus got angry and he said, boy, don't you stop them from coming to me because that's what the kingdom of God is made of. Jesus said in Matthew 23, talking to the Pharisees, he slammed the door of God's kingdom in their faces. He confronts their spiritual blindness, their deadness. Tonight, if you're truly the follower of Jesus, if He is your example, we cannot tolerate evil. We cannot tolerate mistreatment. We cannot tolerate hurt. We cannot tolerate destructful things that go on and on around us while we sit around and say nothing. As followers, we should not just withdraw from the world around us. Why? Yes, it's broken. Yes, it's sinful. Yes, it's misguided. But you and I are called to be the salt and the light of the world. When we withdraw withdraw ourselves from it and refuse to speak truth against a lost and broken system. When we sit around and complain to one another. When we do nothing about it. Evil triumphs. Evil triumphs. We're called to be the presence and the influence of Christ in this world. So we can't hide inside our church We can't pull up the drawbridge behind us and say my for and no more. If we're not presence in the lives of those who need Jesus, we will never lead them toward him. I don't know about you. I know I'm hushing. But I've never seen a lost person beat down the door and say, please let me in. Please let me in. Please. Lot. Abraham's done interceded and pleaded with God for him. Lot sits at the gate of influence. He sits at the gate of authority. Do you know you have a circle of influence? Listen to me. Every one of us in this building tonight has a circle of influence. There's people that in your life that you may not even know that they look up to you. It may be on your job you have that circle of influence of people that's around you. In other words, you're sitting at the gate right now. You can tolerate the evil that's going on and say nothing. Or you can speak up for Jesus' sake. You can be an influence in their life for the good. Lot sat at the gate, he didn't do nothing. He made a plea because he knew the wickedness of the city that he lived in. The reason he pleaded is because he knew what those men wanted to do to those other men. And his living condition was he was willing to give up his own family. In our spiritual lives... A sign of maturity is when we understand the hurtful and destructive nature of evil and we take action. We refuse to look the other way. We refuse to sit in silence, but instead we speak up. Because we want to guard the health of our fellowship, we want to guard the hearts of those who might be hurt. We want to guard the witness of our church in the community. The world will not be destroyed by those who do evil, but by those who watch them without doing anything. Let us not be a church that sits around and does nothing let us be a church that takes a stand for the kingdom of God. I'm not taking a stand for religion. I'm not taking a stand for my foreign and no more. I'm not taking... But I'm taking a stand that Jesus loves everyone, whether they're black, white, red, or purple, whether they're in sin right now, or either they've been saved 50 years, God loves them. God wants to see them restored. God wants to see them brought back to Him. Let us not sit around quietly. Let us proclaim the kingdom of God. You stand tonight. Every head bowed, every eye closed.